Hey world, my name is Sir. And I'm Modern Malcolm. We are the hosts of Negroes You Don't Like podcast, also known as NYDL. We are black husbands and fathers who are married and yes sisters to black women. We are your everyday man's intellectual and more opinionated than the guy who sits around at the barbershop talking for hours and never gets a cut. We want to empower our communities and spread knowledge with best practices to hand off the baton to the ones next up. Only one major challenge, we can't do it alone. Calling out everyone who wants to pass on a stronger legacy to start right here on Patreon with us. Get exclusive access to unreleased episodes and extended episodes we like to call Loose Ends. Or whatever other fly that we could think of. Simply search for Negroes you don't like on Patreon and click join to tap in. Reminder, you may not like us, but you'll learn to respect and support what we stand for. Peace. Peace. Let, let me tell you something. Y'all don't messed up now. walking down the hallway with one of my co-workers and I seen a young man who I know him through another co-worker he's related to him and I see him bopping his head up and down he got his pants sagged he got he literally got the he got the the dripped out fresh prints of the projects look and I'm saying to myself all right, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate on him. I know at this point in my life, I, I'll be seeing a little bit as an older head. And I bring him over to me and I'm talking to him. And I'm like, yo, what are you listening to? Oh, you know, I'm listening to, you know, little Baby. I'm like, yo, yeah, that's that's tight. You know, I like some of his stuff. And then later on in the day, I see him interacting with another group of young people. And I see him bopping up and down and cursing and carrying on. And honestly, it was almost like he was putting on a show outside of himself on what he thought he was supposed to act like. And the reason I say that is because I know who he is connected to. And lo and behold, he's never spent one waking breath with his parents living in the projects or in the hood. So now we have imposter syndrome inflicting this young man. And the unfortunate part about this is he's not the only one. It's actually the standard that our community lives by. What are we doing? It's the Black Dilemma. Sir, what say you? Hey world, welcome to the very first episode of NYDL Negroes You Don't Like. Martin Malcolm, say what's up to the world, baby. What's going on, world? Oh, good brother sir said it with his chest. <laughs> this is, this is Negroes You Don't Like. Only hey. in name. You're going to love us, though. In time, in time. Maybe not at first, but, you know, let, let it marinate a little bit. But, hey, Martin yes, Malcolm, listen, man, uh, that story, I know, brother, this is going to be something that we're going to talk about. This is something that we're going to focus on primarily because the culture or the state of black culture right now uh, is something that we got to discuss, man. What you got for us today? No, most definitely. It is seriously a not only a hot topic. But when you're black, it's a topic that you live. So it's more than just a topic. It's actually a part of our lifestyle. It has implications on what happens to us in our life and what happens to the people that we care around us. Um, this young man, what I saw him doing, I was talking to one of my cohorts and I was telling him, I said, you know, I'm not even mad at him. What I'm mad at is that 
he probably feels like there's no other way for him to be. He's literally trapped in a box that usually we blame people outside of our group for doing to us. Right. The issue now becomes we as black people have been put in a box, but yet we have created another box to put ourselves in a box. So the box. Fi- <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you ever see that little, that little gif or, or, or that <laughs> yeah, little yeah, magic yeah. trick? <laughs> you, you open up one box. It's another box. It's another box. Another box. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I literally feel like that's a metaphorical manifestation of what a lot of us are living through. And it is so limiting. And I'm pretty sure on some level it can feel even suffocating because, you know, where I live, I live in the suburbs and I see some of these, you know, I love seeing people who look like us doing good. I love seeing black people in the suburbs, taking care of their family, you know, enjoying the quote unquote finer things in life. But then sometimes when I look at their kids, you can't differentiate their kids from the kids who are living in the projects. Mm. Right. And, and, and this goes deeper than just what clothes they're interested in. I mean, the aura, the language, mm-hmm. the attitude, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like it's a magnet. Like if I'm going to be accepted by people that look like me, this is how I am perceived. No, what, what this is how they believe I'm supposed to be perceived by people who look like me. Right. So this issue is one that you can't simply point and say the white man did it. You have to look at it and say, hold on now. We don't like people stereotyping us. But what happens when we define ourselves in such a limiting way that the oppressed now becomes the oppressor, but the oppressor unto himself? Mm. Hence, box right? within the box. Exactly. It's the box within the box. All I did was flesh it out for you in words. So in looking at the state of black culture, it's something that we need to take seriously. It's something that we need to have more discussions on and deeper than just discussions. It's something that we need to implement and live. It's something that we need to be conscious about and not only how we look at ourselves and how we, uh, let's say, raise our children, but also how we interact with each other, how we lift each other up, and how we also correct each other, right? First thing we got, yes, sir. Can I? Be, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Growing up, I was that kid. Mm. That was me, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you, brother. That was me. Yes, I sir. really struggled at first to find a uh, my own identity, and I identified myself through my peers or their acceptance of me. So right. I would always put myself in a situation where I would portray or put a front, like we would like to say, right? Uh, right. Put up a front as to being or acting a certain way when deep down inside, I wasn't really like that. But I did it because I knew it would be socially acceptable. And that's how I can identify myself with my peers and connect with them. So brother, man, what's crazy is the way that you broke it down, man, I'm just sitting here and I'm, I'm just going through and I'm reminiscing as a child growing up, a teenager and all those situations that I was in and just reliving that moment. Like the way that you broke it down, it allowed me to really see it. You know, it's one thing to go through, but I can actually see it now and actually dissect it. And that's why I'm so excited that we're going into this topic, because I'm sure there are a lot of kids who are just like me. No, 100 percent. And listen, through your transparency, it actually helps me open up to be transparent. I think 
most black people, especially black people who, let's say your family may have started in the ghettos, but then they matriculated out of there. They worked hard. They, you know, figured out how to work together, put their coins together and boom, they got out the project, not in the suburbs. Or let's say your the beginning of your life never even started in the projects. Now you're in the suburbs. I think imposter syndrome is something that hits the black community. It hits all communities, but particularly the black community harder than most because the image that we're supposed to portray of ourselves is not one of excellence, only excellence in athletics and entertainment. Yes, sir. In in other communities, the, you know, putting yourselves in a box is actually one that benefits you somewhat, so to speak, right? If you're Asian, you're supposed to be good at mathematics, right? You're supposed to be smart. You're supposed to be the valedictorian. If you're, if you're, if you're Indian, a lot of the same, right? If, If you're Jewish, a lot of the same. If you're, you know, middle class, upper class, white, a lot of the same. The black community literally is the only community where the box that we're put in is limiting in every single way we can think of. It can only lead to a destitute outcome for the vast majority of people. There's only going to be a very small handful of us who can rise out of the way that we were taught to see ourselves. Because if we're supposed to become athletes and entertainers, that you're talking about the 1% of the 1% who make it. So we've positioned ourselves to be in a position where success is almost not certain. Success is almost not certain. Mm. But as we but as we delve deeper into it, we got to look at the numbers. I'm not a big fan of looking at a whole bunch of numbers and, you know, because that, that can be boring for people. But as a community, one of the one of the things that we do need to take seriously is we need to know how to take emotion out of certain aspects of conversations and let the facts guide what we need to address. It's almost like when you go to the doctor and they do, you know, they do a full checkup on you. You don't, you're not, it's, it seems easier to tell the doctor what's wrong with you, but it's probably, it's, it's probably more astute for you to allow the doctor to do all of the different tests and checkups on you so that you can catch things that you yourself didn't even know was going on with you. But you know what though? Mm-hmm. The, the numbers, and, and I agree with you 100%. But I think the biggest thing with numbers is the fact that I think that we all have the understanding that or, or we, we know that men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. But the reality <laughs> is in order to truly, I guess, face the obstacles or the challenges that you're going through, you have to look at the facts. And the numbers, there's no better resource or no better proof than the numbers. So I'm happy we're diving into the numbers because we really got to dissect it layer by layer. One thousand percent. Now. I'm going to tell you where I got these numbers from. I don't want people thinking I got these numbers from some crazy TikTok where somebody just started spewing out all these numbers. You know, TikTok, you know, people uh, say these things and people are like, yo, I just learned something. I'm like, yo, where, where, where's the source? Nah, I just got it from TikTok. Yo, TikTok is not a source, my my friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that is not a reliable source. I can make a TikTok right now and just start saying some shit <laughs> completely <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, so the data that we're about to delve into is from Pew Research. The Pew Research Center is a nonpartisan fact tank that informs the public about the issues, attitudes, and trends shaping the world. It conducts a public opinion polling, demographic research, media content analysis, and other empirical social science research. Pew Center does not take policy positions. It is a subsidiary of the Pew Charitable Trust. I say all that to say this is this has been deemed for many years on end as a valuable source to track data for various 
various segments, not, not necessarily segments of the population, but various key factors within a population. Now, the first thing I want to look at, and also this data is from uh, 2021. Okay, so we're looking at data that is pretty current. So they probably uh, gathered this data from, from the 2020 census to help compile uh, these figures. So the population of black people in America from 2000 to 2009, the black population has increased from 36 million to 48 million. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a 29% increase. Netflix must have had an outage. People are having kids. <laughs> Yo, 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 you know how you know, you know how Netflix oh, man. <laughs> Netflix started to catch people sharing that damn password. So yo, people had to people had to figure out something else to do, fam. Hey, we all know when it first came out, it was about 20 of us on one account. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm talking about Netflix was lit. So so yeah, so we out here having kids, and to me, that's actually a bright spot. That's a bright spot. We are we are reproducing. We are um, making sure that our presence in the world is literally felt. Um, 10 percent of the black population is foreign born, which I didn't know. But that's that's a pretty interesting fact. Really? The black Only 10 percent. Uh, yeah. What what 10 percent they're born. That just means that they're born outside of the United States. And then I think eventually they may they, they matriculate over here. I get you. I get you. OK. OK. Right. The black population's median age is 32. In contrast to the nation's median age is 38. Wow. Okay. So, so we are a young group. We're, we are a young race of people. That's meaning big, that, meaning that there's a lot of implications there. So if the median age is 32, remember the median is supposed to be, um, the median is supposed to be the middle number, like the middle average, right? I'm no mathematician. So, Hey, you guys can check me in the comments, do what you need to do. But I do know it is around the middle number. So this means that if that's our median age, that means that we're probably not living as long as other groups of people. We have, our income is probably impacting our access to healthcare, the quality of the food that we eat, right? This has implications regarding um, taking care of children. Do we have the grandmothers and the grandfathers who are able to live long enough to pass down the wisdom to uh, build bonds? Our parents, our mothers live long enough, our fathers live long enough. So, you know, this may, this, this does, in my opinion, seem kind of negative. You know, I would like to see that median age raised because that means that we, we are living long on average as a, we are living longer on average as a group. In contrast, the white, the white median age is 43. That's 10 years, 11. So, okay. 11 years. There's a lot you can do in 11 years. Hell, there's a lot you can do in one year. Wow. Right. So once again, the numbers kind of opened up the kind of opened up Pandora's box and just have us looking at things with a new, with a fresh new set of eyes. The Asian median age is 38, right on target with the uh, nation's median age and the Hispanic median age is 29. Now, I love my Hispanic brothers and sisters and my my Latinx brothers and sisters, however they identify. I think we know why the median age is 29. Um, I don't think Trojan makes a lot of money in the Hispanic community. (laughs) <laughs> I just yo the only trojan they know is an actual horse man <laughs> you know what i'm saying yo the only trojan they know may be from the 300 movie <laughs> that's it <laughs> so fam the fact man, that the median age is 20 love. oh nothing but love in fact quite a bit quite a bit of the black population that exists in the united states comes from it comes from black hispanics 
right? So the Hispanic, the Hispanic population actually cross-sex with the black population when they identify as black. And keep mm-hmm. in mind, and keep in mind, during the time of the transatlantic slave trade, the vast majority, the vast majority, over 60% of enslaved Africans was sent to Brazil. So the vast majority of black people on the in the Western Hemisphere are Hispanic mm-hmm. or Latinx, however they identify. So don't get it twisted. We love our Hispanic brothers and sisters. Now, they're meeting ages 29 because, my man, they have kids. They have kids on top of kids on top of kids. No and that's that's not a slight in any way because more times than not, when they do have kids, their family unit, their family bonds tend to be strong. So that's, that's actually a beautiful thing to see. But that median age, man, 29, I was like, yo, that's interesting. But we know why. Trojan to tell you why. <laughs> All right. Where we live. The majority of black people live in the South. 56% of these of the states in the South, the places that are the, the places that are the most populated by black people are Texas, Florida, and Georgia. Come on, that ain't no surprise. We know that. Hey man. Gotta tell the people, you never know. You know that and uh, you know, I was shoot, I would have said seventy percent is you know, in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> exactly. I, I was actually I was actually surprised that uh Georgia I think Georgia's third on that list. What? I think Texas first. Yeah, I think Texas is first, Florida is second, and Georgia's third. You know, because as far as landmass is concerned, you know, Texas and Florida are significantly bigger than Georgia. But you know, for black people, you know, we kind of look at Atlanta as this mecca for black people. I'm like, well, maybe there's a certain aspect, but the truth of the matter is, is that when we're just looking at raw data, there's more black people living in other places. No doubt. The largest metropolitan cities of black people are New York City, Atlanta, and D.C. So these are the these are the the, the mega cities. Mm-hmm. All right, household income. All right, let's um we're gonna pause, have a moment of silence, and say a little R.I.P. for for our collective checkbooks. <laughs> the median household income for black households in 2019 is forty four thousand dollars. That's the whole house, not one person. The whole house, the whole not house. the garage, household. Not the patio, not the porch, the whole damn house. $44,000. Oof. I'm going to let that lay on your chest for a little bit. Well, it's not that heavy, so you'll be able to push it off. Um, mm. Which means <laughs> half of the households headed by a black person earn more than that and half earn less. Mm. Okay. The national median income is 61800 Man, that's, now, that's that's a way, man, that's a huge difference right there, man. Listen, that is, man, that, that's almost like, that's almost a Toyota Camry worth of difference. What? Okay. You feel that, trust me. You oh, feel oh, it. That's a, a significant amount. In every shape of the form, in every form and fashion, that number, well, let me, let me keep reading because, because that number, we, we, we're going to keep on breaking that down and trying to understand why that number is that number. Because I already know what some people are probably thinking. Well, you know, it's racism out here. Well, you know, the white man holding us down. Here we go. Now, I'm not saying you're not wrong, but let's talk about how we are responsible for that number as well, because we take ownership in part of that number. Broader analysis shows that more than half, 54% of black households earn less than $50,000, while 46% make $50,000 or more. Almost 3 in 10, 28% make $75,000 or more, including 18% that make more, that make $100,000 or more. So remember, we're talking about households. 
So this means that all the adults in the house, typically the mother and father is usually what was usually what we're speaking about, mm-hmm. right? Or the husband or the husband and wife or the boyfriend and girlfriend. Now, this is two working adults, and we're saying that the average is forty-four thousand mm. dollars. The main reason that number is so much lower than the national average is because, unfortunately, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna say it with my chest because it's the it's the facts, it's the harsh reality, but it's the facts. Black people in America are groomed to be single. Mm. We are groomed to get together, but not to stay together. Brother, hold up, hold up, hold up, man. You gotta let that hit, you gotta let that, you gotta let that simmer for a minute. <laughs> hold up, brother. Listen, man. Mm. We are groomed to stay, Listen. to be single, not to yes. stay together. 100%. That statistic, that $44,000, tells me exactly what I need to know. Mm. We are good at being single. And people wonder why it's so hard. Oh, absolutely. And it's only going to get harder until we figure out how to get together. We do a real good job of being together in TV shows. Hmm. Look real good on The Cosby Show. Look real good on Family Matters. And so on and so on. But in real life, we got work to do. Because if you're telling me two adults are only bringing in $44,000, I'm going to look at you and say, what the hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. What are they selling oranges? Like what, what the hell? And nothing's wrong with selling oranges, please. No offense. But to be bringing in $44,000 between two adults, you would have to be telling me that this person is working. These two adults are working minimum part-time. Wage. Minimum wage. But he, but even through minimum wage, I think. Probably even you know, less, you, right? And yeah, it, 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 may be, it may be even less if we're talking about part-time. But my thing is is the reason why that number is significantly lower is because so many of our households are headed by single people. Because all we those numbers, because now you just brought up a major point there because that's every household. So what that Correct. means is, like you said, there are more households with one person as opposed to two people within the household. And that's going to draw Correct. down the numbers and affect that the numbers overall, the averages. You got, more people doing it, you got more people doing it alone. Correct. And that's the problem. The problem is... Too many of us are interested in being right instead of doing what's right. Mm. And I'm going and, and I'm, and, and to peel that back and break that down. If we do not learn how to get together and stay together when it is healthy, of course, then we are going to continue to see this gap widen and widen and widen. One check goes further than two. And I know it's the it's the trend right now on social media. You know, everybody is talking about, hey, be your own boss. You know, um, you could become a millionaire in 2.5 seconds. <laughs> you don't need nobody. You can do it yourself. Listen, the sub I, I will bet anybody drive to any suburbs. Look at people in these beautiful houses, in these communities and tell me what you see. Do you see a whole bunch of single parents in them houses? Never. And I've done it myself. It. <laughs> Trust me. I look around. Trust me. You see what I'm saying? Like, you don't see and, it. And, and I don't even want to hear this bullshit that some of us in our community spread. Well, in other communities, the women don't have to work. I'm not even going to address that nonsense. Go look at the data. The majority of people 
are live the majority of the middle class is living in a dynamic where the husband and the wife are working or the boyfriend and the girlfriend are working. So please don't lean on this shit that every single white person has some kind of payment from 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 slavery that they receive every month. And that's the reason why they're able to live the way they oh, live. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what I, brother? <laughs> That's how. Hey, listen, man. We we know people that think that way, man. Like we, bro. Trust me. They believe this shit, man. They believe it. Like yo, the reason why he able to drive that Mercedes is because he enslaved my great 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 grandfather for forty for forty years. <laughs> listen, man. Even even oh, if that is true, man. what the hell they got to do with your ass and Tell all your baby mamas that. and not being what? able to take care of your own shit? Tell me what that got to do with that. Got nothing to do with it. Come on, man. I just it's I'm tired of this shit. So so, so so as we so as we continue, we will see that it says that an uh, uh, interesting number that I saw was 18% of us live in households that make a hundred thousand or more. So that's you know, that's if you split it down the middle, that's each person making fifty thousand. Now, depending on where you're at in life, fifty thousand may sound like a lot of money. But I'm going to tell you, $50,000 annual salary is not a lot of money. All right. If you're trying to live on $50,000 in a metropolitan city, you're probably going to the church every other week to collect a fruit basket. (laughs) You're going to pick up a prayer with that, too. What? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) you're probably going to the archdiocese and you are getting fruits, bread, day old milk. Like you get all that. And that's on 50. And that's on 50,000. Facts. All right. So understand, look at the power in numbers to go from 50 to 100. That is a dramatic standard of living difference. And if you and if you're smart enough to take that same salary and move to an area that has a cheaper real estate market, your standard of living goes even higher because now your dollar can go further. So as much and, and I have to say it because that's what we do on this podcast as much as the black community flaunts wealth these numbers prove we're really not good at producing it mm. when it's verified oh hold on mm. let me say it again we're not really good at producing it when it's what verified the same way mm. your ass like to be verified on on social media you want that blue check well when the people come and do their research and looking for that blue check in our community they don't see it they see forty four thousand dollars as our median household income Hey, look, man, you should have some we should have gave some of these people, some of these listeners, you know, uh, a warning. So they could have grabbed some of that pink stuff because they're going to get some heartburn after this, man. For real. Hey, listen, hey, listen, pink stuff, I, want, man. I want us to feel that shit all the way up in our chest. I want us to feel it because, yo, at the end of the day, man, the only way we're going to get past this shit is to realize that we in the shit. A lot of us don't realize we in shit. We think everything is good, you know, and then some and some of us middle class black people, what ends up happening is we get in a bubble. We get in a bubble where all of our friends are college educated. You know, a, a lot of them are a lot of them are married or on their way to be married. You know, they're talking about home ownership. We're all, you know, watching the same things and, you know, we're positive And, you know, we, we just trying to we're trying to be our best. Now, that's that's nothing's wrong with that. Right. But you cannot act like. That is what the standard of our community is currently at this point. We just can't. It may be the standard in your house, but unfortunately, the community that you're attached to and don't try to detach yourself from because that is problematic in so many ways. We have to take the good with the bad. 
if you only want to take the good, then at some point you're going to be called a hypocrite Mm -hmm. or you're going to be called a sellout or whatever the case may be. Well, I don't even like the term, the terminology sellout because, um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Now, when I talk about middle-class black people living in this bubble, we have to accept the fact that while we may have got the message that education is important, home ownership is important, you know, saving money is important, credit is important. We, as the middle class, it's part of our responsibility to share that message with as many people in our community as possible. That's actually our job. It's not Al Sharpton's job. <laughs> it's not Michael Larry Dyson's job. <laughs> it's not the baby or little baby who are grown yeah. men. <laughs> okay. It's not their job. It is literally the nameless middle-class black person who was waking their ass up every, every day to go to work and take care of what they got to take care of. It's their job to be, to continue being the example, but beyond just being the example, because here's the thing, we can be the example, but if you live in a bubble, how many, how many people in our community who need to see us doing that are seeing us? It's the same people in our bubble who are seeing us doing what we're doing. So there's really not much of an impact. Exactly. A lot of us spread impact. A lot of us think we're making all these great impacts. And I'm like, yo, signing a petition from color of change, my dude, Mm. it may feel good. And I'm not nothing against Rashad, but yo, a color change petition, a color of change petition is not enough. We got to, we got to do more. We got to be more. So whether that is volunteering at the boys and girls club once a month, right. In, 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 in the local hood, starting up something that I'm interested in, starting up a boy scouts or a girl scouts troop. And then you, you may adopt some of the kids from, from, from the economically depressed community. That's, that's not too far from you. Cause, cause what's, what's crazy is, most of us who live in these suburbs, you don't have to go too far to find the people who impact these data the wrong way. It's not like we live. It's not like we live in our community and you got to drive a hundred miles Thanks. until you get to until you get to a depressed community. Hey, you know what's crazy? And in, in a lot of these suburbs, of these communities that we're talking about, a lot of times the only thing that separates them is a road or a street. One side, <laughs> one side is the suburbs or Come the on, well man. off, and the other side, on, guess what? Those are the ones that are in line. You know, trying trying to figure out what's next, right? So you're right, and a lot of these communities, man, like it's we're, we're, we can see each other. Like I remember growing up, mm-hmm. there were some neighborhoods that I would go to. I can see the poverty. Absolutely, you know, I could throw a rock and you know hit somebody's window. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that is what. See, that's the part that a lot of us don't want to deal with. You know, because when you're a middle class black person, it's almost like you you feel like the fact that you're living the life that our ancestors dreamed of, the fact that you are doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. I know most of us feel like that's enough. We feel like, Hey man, we did enough. We don't owe nobody else shit. We good. I'm, a, I'm just going to keep it a hundred with you guys. It's not enough. Communities elevate themselves through those who aspire, those who actually make it out. And we're not and in our community. We do this thing where we want to lay the burdens of our community at the feet of some millionaires. That's what we want to do. We're really guilty of that. We think that LeBron James is supposed to fix every project, build every school in every hood, pay for every single kid to go to college. No, 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 money. no, and no. That's what they say. He got money. Stop that <laughs> shit, man. When, yo, when we do that, we actually turn people off. 
we turn our own people off like, yo, man, what you mean? You want me to do everything for you. You're not even willing to meet me 10, you know, uh, 40 percent. You want me to literally do everything for you. We got to get out of this mentality, man. And yes, does America owe us reparations? Damn right they do. They owe us, they owe us over a trillion dollars. That's what some estimates say. This, this is not hyperbole. There's not no shit I'm making up. We did help build this country. But until that takes place, until those direct deposits hit, like that stimulus hit, um, you still are responsible for taking care of your shit and taking care of your family. So we can't rest on, we can't rest on systematic racism to feed us. We can't rest on white guilt to get us free. That's not how that works. Mm. That's not how that works. People, people, people are more inclined to want to help people who believe in helping themselves. True. That's just what it is. I mean, think about anybody can think about people in their own family. Who are you more inclined to help? The person who sits who sits on the corner drinking outside of the liquor store. You want to you want to keep throwing them money, or, or or are you trying to throw throw money to that young person in our in our family? You know who's trying to go to college, trying to do the right thing, trying to buy their first car so they can get to work. That's where that's where our resources are going because we know there's going to be there's going to be a positive impact with that money. You know, speaking on that, let me let, let me touch on that because I actually think I just gave us more credit than some of us deserve. In our community, man. This is the real state of black culture. We reward bad behavior. Oh, man. Come on. We, we got to get have, that pink stuff, man. Come, come on, on, man. We Oof. reward bad behavior. There's so much ignorant shit Ugh. and dysfunction that we freaking reward. Brother we got sad. to stop that shit, man. It's really sad because I'm going to tell you something. And, and a lot of black people going to feel me on this shit, right? We're on, this, on this point right here. If you come from a family where everybody is not well to do, you know, everybody don't got it going on. Everybody didn't go to college and do this. Let's say you're one of the only ones who may have went to college or went to trade school, started a business and you're doing okay. You take care of your family. Why is it that you are made to feel like you are an outcast in the family? Brother. Why? But, 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 but you'll have a relative who is on their fourth baby mama or they, fourth baby daddy and big mama or even maybe even your mother is throwing all the resources and money their way meanwhile you went to college you you, you, you married you did all the stuff that that, that, big mama, that big mama said you're supposed to do oh oh you did it like the bible oh you got married before you had kids you did everything right but the level of support that you get is almost zero to none hey brother i'm happy you brought that up i was having this conversation with another brother, I would say uh, about two weeks ago. So he is in a family of three. He's, he's the oldest, no, uh, excuse me, he's in the middle. The girl is mm-hmm. the oldest, he's in the middle and they have a younger brother. And the mom, she's got some money set aside. And mm-hmm. the, the first two, they did the, what they were supposed to do, you know, took care of themselves, uh, you know, taking care of their families and all those things. And the youngest one, he's the spoiled one, right? So mm-hmm. he gets all the attention, he exploits his own mother he scammed his own mother and they all know mm-hmm. it. You know mm-hmm. what he told me, man? He came to a realization and said that the reason why they do that is because they know that you've got to figure it out. You're going to be okay. So they, they'd rather still baby Nonsense. the one that needs the most help and the most support, you know, to get some sense. They'd rather baby that individual as opposed to holding them accountable to step up. Hence, many of the monsters in our community 
were not created by white supremacy. White supremacy. They were created by black people. Period. We want to believe that so many of the ills in our community, you just simply want to just lay them at the feet of somebody else. And I'm going to tell you, while sometimes it is a loose connection, sometimes it may even be a direct correlation. But the fact of the matter is, in our community, we reward bad behavior. Mm-mm-mm. We do not look at the person, not, not everybody, but all too often, we look at the person who has done the right thing. And just like you said, we'll say, oh, they got it together. They don't need no help. Do you know, and I'm going to use myself as an example. If it's my daughter's birthday, very few gifts come to my daughter. Why? You know why? Because they say, oh, there's a mother and a father there. There's a husband and a wife there. They look, they, they doing all right. They don't need nothing. That is ignorance. Meanwhile, somebody can go, go, somebody can go get pregnant or impregnating somebody. Put, put, put this, put the, put another future offspring in a bad situation. And all of this support for babysitting is flying. It is coming in. Yep resources everybody's like yo we got to come together we got to do this listen man you actually it's so weird i feel like in our community and i'm not saying this dynamic doesn't exist in other in in other races but i'm just saying it's not my experience it's not as crippling exact it's not as crippling but in my experience bro you get penalized for success it's the craziest it's the craziest shit in the black community you get penalized for success you get penalized for doing the thing that people told you you should be doing and then the people who don't do it are the ones who people look to and say, hey, man, you know, we got to help so-and-so. We, we, you know, we got to help so-and-so. Cause so-and-so. But so-and-so was growing just like me. Sometimes sometimes so-and-so grew up in the same house as me. Hurt, hurt, went to the same church services as me. Slept right next to me. Sometimes went to the same school as me. And I'm supposed to be taking care of this grown person for how long now that I can't follow my taxes? And then people want to use their kids to gain sympathy. People want to use their kids as a way to say, hey, hey, well, you know, they don't got it like your kids got it. But that's because of choices. That's not that, that's not because of nothing. I didn't take anything away from your kid for my kid to have what they have. And I'm not saying I would leave your kid out in the cold. We family. But I'm telling you right now, I've had, you know, I've, I've heard of people who had situations where, you know, if they having a let, let's say they're having a party for their child. If they have cousins coming who are not in the same financial status as their parents are, sometimes the parent will feel like they have to downscale the party to make that other person feel good. And sometimes they'll even they'll even like, you know, do things to, you know, take shine away from their own children because they don't want the other kids to feel bad. It's true, man. Like I'm I, right right now, I'm really speaking to the heart. I know there's some people listening to this saying, "Damn, I feel like this man was right in my right in my life. Like he know me." And the more and the more and more I talk to people, I'm realizing this shit is so normal. It's scary. We got to do better, man. We got to do better. We 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 got to stop penalizing people in our family for success. We got to salute them. We got to we got to we got to appreciate them. And we got to help them. Nobody. Money is not the only currency you can give to somebody that has value. 
Amen, brother. Give your time. Babysit. Take the kids out for some ice cream. Even if even if it's not your money, the parents will give you the ice cream. It's 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 it's, it's really disheartening, man. But that's part of the reason why we have this fragmentation in our community. Because that jealousy and envy is eating at the souls of a lot of mm. people and they are getting full off of it. And they don't want to they don't want to deal with the fact that they that jealousy and envy is an issue in their life. And instead and instead of and instead of being inspired by what somebody's connected to you is doing, you would rather use jealousy and envy as a way to fuel how you feel about them. So as we continue to look at the numbers. Let's look at family design. 38% of black households are headed by married couples. 38%. Wow. Not even 30. 50? We couldn't not even get 50? Nah, nah, nah. 50, nah. Based on what this number I see, 50 would be, 50 would be uh, aspirational at this point. Okay. 32% of black households are headed by women. Almost. Right. Listen, that's not too far from the amount of households that are headed by married couples. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. I there see. I see a problem area. That's a major problem. There you go. <laughs> okay. Six percent of black households are headed by men. Six percent. Not even in the double digits. I'm about to. <laughs> I'm about to get into that too. Twenty-four percent. This is the one I really want to touch on first. 24% live with other relatives, family, friends, etc. That's it. What is it? <laughs> bro, bro. Bro, bro, bro. What is that nonsense, bro? What the hell you mean? 20, first of all, I'm hearing 24% are pretty much homeless. These motherfuckers are couch surfing. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> if I want to keep it a buck, these people are couch surfing. They don't got no place to live. They live in wherever somebody would get their ass a bed to sleep on. And to be honest with you, I think a large percentage of that number is men. No, no doubt. I would agree with you, hundred percent. I think a, a large percentage of that number is, is probably men. I would agree. And 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 before the women get to, yeah, girl, these niggas. Before you get into all of that, before you get into this men, men bashing thing, um, do you know, do you know how many of our women would be on the streets if it wasn't for public assistance? I think the number would be higher than men. In this uh, example. List- for real. Okay. Okay. But you see, so we got to be real careful. We got to be real careful because we're not, the, the aim is not to pit each other against each other, but it's also not to over glamorize your housing status. Because if your housing status is dependent on a government voucher, nothing is wrong with needing help. But when become, but when the help becomes your standard of living, your life that's where the problem occurs. Becomes your lifeline becomes your whole standard of living like my standard of living is a government check that's not what that shit is for one you may be telling me right now to to kiss your ass that's fine but i can promise you this i can promise you this there is nobody in the middle class who is looking at your life and is envious of you because the truth of the matter is when we look at that when we look at the health outcomes when we look at the outcomes of children living in those particular living situations, when you look at the crime statistics of where these homes typically are, it's nothing to brag about. So use it as a stepping stone, not the foundation for your life. 
I, rem I remember I heard somebody say, oh, government assistance is reparations for black people. I said, what? <laughs> I said, I said, come again. I don't think I heard you. I haven't cleaned my ears out in a while. And you know, I said, what? You know this, I said what? <laughs> bro, and you know this asshole said this shit louder? With their chest? Government assistance? <laughs> it's reparations what? for black people. I said, you have lost your damn mind. If there was one there in the first place. How the hell is government assistance reparations for black people when anybody can get it who fits the criteria? Mm. That's not how reparations work. You must not know what the hell reparations are. Mm. I mean, it, it's a it's a crazy thing for some of us to think. And I think more of us think this than we want to admit. And then on top of that, you know, I heard somebody once say, when some people die, part of their uh part of their estate is teaching the next generation how to get on government assistance i said oh shit mm. i said what excuse me what that's not in the state what what kind of a state is that brother come on now listen man it's that mentality that's normalized this this whole idea of not only this idea but this whole dysfunction man it's that mentality brother that's how you're thinking Man, I, oh and, 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 and this is why we're having this conversation, because right. when you look at the numbers, we could say all of this black girl magic shit we want. We could say all of this black boy joy we want. We can hype ourselves up. We can have award shows. We can have the NAACP Image Awards. We can have all that shit going on. That's nice and beautiful. But when we look at these numbers, it's clear we got some serious work to do. And we need to start calling out bullshit. Because for every black girl magic. There's a black girl, what the fuck? <laughs> Two. <laughs> For every Two. black boy joy, there's a... Bro, are you serious? Are you serious right now? You got somebody else pregnant? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, nothing is wrong with aspiring higher and trying to push the community further, but we can't push the community further when it's only a handful of people in that bus. We got to look at everybody else who we left behind hmm. and we can't act and we can't act like these people don't exist because what i think when black people live in this middle class bubble we just want to we just want to imagine that these people don't exist or, or we just want to say man i don't live next to them i don't even want to think about their ass but you know what man That's we've easy. been pinned we've been pinned against each other oh, because well, I mean, for sure. you got middle class before they were middle class i would assume that they were probably lower middle or, or higher or, sure, or um, sure. a lower class to, to a point and their mindset was, I can't wait to get up out of here. So when they finally get up out of there, the last thing they want is to have any connection or any conversation with those who were still there. And not only that, mm -hmm. those who were there where they just left, well, they look, they're looking at them like, well, you're a sellout. You know, you you living like, you know, those people. You know, you done made it. You right. don't forgot where you came from, right? So it's a constant battle. Bickering, yeah, constant battle of bickering back and forth. And there's a division within ourselves. And that's a huge division. Huge. The numbers Man, show that. All right, um, listen, I'm going to say something, and I wish there was a more polite way to say it, but it's the only way I know how. You are listening to Negroes you don't like, if you mm. didn't remember. Get your pink stuff ready. Let me tell you something. Too many black people have no problem seeing non-black people get ahead in life, but the minute the person is black, all of a sudden, the negativity comes. Mm. All of a sudden, the energy shifts. Sad. 
It's real sad. It's real sad that we have those who would rather look at other people outside of our race get ahead and say, you know what? That's that's just the way it is for them. Mm. And you know why you say that? You say that because you want to be able to use that excuse for why you ain't doing what you got to do. Because if somebody who looks like you is doing it, then that's an affirmation that you can do it too. But you, your ass isn't willing to put in the work. Hmm. And you don't want a reminder of what you could have been. Oof. And unfortunately, this Oof. happens. It, it, it's even sadder when this exists in our own family. Mm-hmm. And these are the seeds that bear fruit that nobody wants to eat. So all this hate and resentment and jealousy and envy, this is what's tearing apart the fabric of so many of our families. I mean, even when you think about it, even when you look at a lot of black movies, right? You always got the one who went to college, became a lawyer. Yep. You know, you know what I'm saying? Married so this girl. She, ate, she yeah, she AKA all Delta. You know what I'm saying? All, they, they all are kind of built on that same framework. And you got the one right? fuck up. Yeah, you, and you got the fuck up. And but 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 guess what? Remember, our community rewards bad behavior. The fuck up is usually the, the one that's closest to Big Mama. Yep. Facts. See what I'm saying? It's always it's always the fuck up is the one who gets all the support from Big Mama. Facts. We seriously have to stop supporting bullshit. And it starts with what we do in our own communities, in our own families. Like I literally had this conversation with my wife at the top of the year. Because I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying she's perfect. But I think all of us have been caught up in supporting the person who's not doing the right thing. Because so many of our families are kind of wired. We're not wired that way, but we're kind of taught that way. Oh, so-and-so, you know, you know, they're they going to get better. Just help them out. You know, it's the right thing to do. No, 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 no. What we got to do. I'm not saying throw people out to the wolves now. I'm not saying let believe. What I'm saying is hold people accountable. Give people, give people something attainable they can reach before you help them to the next step. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, most of us think that our problem is money. It's not. The numbers will have you believe that forty-four thousand. The problem is not money. In that situation, our median household income is forty-four thousand. We look. Martin Malcolm, what the hell are you saying? Ain't a lot of money. Of course there's a problem. How the hell are you gonna live with this live gonna be good on forty four thousand dollars? You can't even put cheese on your burger, man. You can't even ask for extra barbecue sauce for your ribs. I hear you. I got you. But the issue on the surface appears to be money. But I'm gonna tell you what that number tells me. That number tells me that if two people was making forty four thousand dollars, that would be close to ninety thousand dollars. That would change the whole the whole the whole picture be a shift a complete be shift a major, another, it would be a direction. major shift yeah instead of asking for extra barbecue sauce you could buy another damn rack how about that damn right see what i'm saying so this is a lot of times we think that so many issues we have in our community we think are strictly money related i'm like no it is a mindset issue it is a perspective issue we are not taking care of the things that we need to take care of because we unfortunately we're not doing a good job grooming young people in our community to pay attention and focus on certain things. The reason my standard of living exists the way it does, I'm not the richest man, I'm not the poorest man, but I'm comfortable, is because I married a woman and I said, I'm going to stay with her. And we were able to build a life together by helping each other. And that blueprint has not changed for hundreds of years. The only thing that's changed about it is that at once upon a time, a man used to be able to make enough money 
to support a house and not have his woman work. But yeah. don't get it twisted. When we say work, most of us look at work as an exchange for time and money. That woman was busting her ass in that house. And as a little side note, for all these women who so quick to talk about, I want to be a housewife, that Bravo shit got your head fucked up. <laughs> Watching HGTV all day. As soon as you get home, the first thing they talk about is a renovation. You look, you, you ask them what the damn food is. She talking about she want to renovate. Ask the damn new kitchen curtains. Got their whole shit fucked up. You around here believing a housewife is somebody who goes to brunches, travels around the world with their friends, has a closet the size of an efficiency a lot of people live in, in places like New York, talk shit and don't cook and get quite a bit of plastic surgery. That's what you, that's what so many people really believe in a housewife is. It's crazy. I tell, I tell people all day long, uh, the housewife in America is one of the most disrespected roles in this, in this country. It's because crazy, we bro. have, we, we have watered it down and made it seem like it's some shit, like a real housewife, the amount of work that they do, the average woman would never would never want to do that because you don't you don't stop working. You're working from sun up to sundown. This is it's not a simple job. To be a manager of a house is no joke. But we but but we've literally built a television series on it, a wildly successful popular television series on it, where people thinking that housewives are people who kind of don't do housewife shit. <laughs> you know it's backwards. <laughs> this shit is so backwards. And then, and then the even more hilarious thing is some of these uh, some of these women ain't even wives. Most of them are divorced, both girlfriends. Yeah, you got the damn baby moms. Divorce wives club. <laughs> I'm like, come on, all right. That's just a little side note. Trust me, we we gonna get into that on, on at a later time. Well, we got to, bro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I ain't even gonna lie. I watched some of that shit with the, with the wife. Man. She put that on me. Some of that shit is entertaining, <laughs> but hey, man, it takes up a very small percentage of my time. That's why it's on TV, man. You're supposed to laugh at it. it. Ain't supposed to be. It's not supposed to be your reality. Hold on. Say that again for the people in the back. It's not supposed to be your reality. It's reality TV for entertainment, but not your own reality for your life. Mm. Man, listen. If if just one person took that, they might be able to save themselves and maybe a few people around. Hey, I'm saving souls, brother. That's why we're here. Party, party on me.